What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the NRL Hunter podcast. I am here with my good friend, Mr. Sean Johnson. Sean is our match director for the NRL Hunter match, the Blue Ridge Big Five, uh, coming to you this May 27th through 29th, and it's going to be taking place in Benj, Washington. Uh, Sean, for the people out there that don't know you already or, or who you are or what you do or whatnot, can you just kind of give us a rundown on on you well i've been uh working up at blue ridge for the past oh it's almost 15 15 16 years uh we started out with uh running hunts up there for mule deer uh, and wa uh, waterfowl and upland birds and then our good our mutual friend doug glorfield who used to work for one of the landowners came down and said you guys ought to check out this precision rifle game thing and from then on, it kind of just went crazy, uh, and we, with Doug's help, uh, Jake's help, and a lot of other shooters in the area, help help get the range up and running to where uh, we had a range one. Then we had developed range two, uh, and then we've added this last season. Uh, we added range three, which has three firing lines. But as a lot of the shooters have noticed when they've been out there, they've all asked about our hunting. So when the NRL Hunter came, came into play, it was like, oh, this is a perfect fit. So being fortunate enough to have uh, been out there for so long and to guide, it, to guide several hunters in different situations, uh, it just was a perfect opportunity for us to run, hunter, run shooters through it in actual hunting situations to see what it's like. It's, I mean, we've had ceasefires for, for deer walking through the range. We've had them had with, with with elk in the past past year or two because they like to hang out now for some reason which is great and um yeah. just just kind of been doing this as far as the shooting sports i've, I've looked at the calendar it was talked with my sister this will be the 40th year that i have been in the outfitting hunting and shooting industry uh, i would say i was fortunate that my dad was a rep for one of the major rifle companies when i was growing up and my, I started guiding, you're going to like this, on our family's ranch in Klinga, California. Oh, no kidding. Uh, we had a big piece of the old military base. Yeah. And I, and I would, and I will, this, this fall is when I first started guiding for pigs and deer down there. Dude, Kalinga is like, <laughs> absolutely, it's heaven. Like, Kalinga is so beautiful. It's changed. Uh, it's changed a lot because we owned an old military base. And then all the grounds up up the valley on both sides until we crested out and then the neighbors. But yeah, that was that was our big family get together because that unit I believe was A one and A two or something like that. But the season started August first, and so that was the family reunion. And there'd be she's fifty to sixty people in camp, kids abound, and we'd be cut loose when we were little. It was it, was, it cracked me up. Because, you know, we see everyone run with dogs. Well, we didn't know any better as kids. We were the ones cut off through the brush, <laughs> <laughs> chasing the hogs out, you know. That's how, you know, the things have changed. But no, so that's where I started, you know, the hunting, you know, with my father in that industry. And then just going throughout, getting them going on the Marine Corps, you know, that coming back out, start started my own fishing guide business. Um, then I tried to do a real job. Back to people kept calling me for fishing back and forth. And then I always kept, after I got my fishing 
outfitting going. I tried to keep the big game just so for me and my two older boys. And then it's got the opportunity to go up to what uh, start working up in Washington at Blue Ridge. And, you know, here we are. And, and we're just, we're growing the rant. I mean, pe people will not believe where we're going to be shooting from um, for this match. We have with, with, with the new range three, the, the three new fire lines and where we're going to be shooting just for, uh, on range one, you've never seen it. Uh, it allows us to have totally blind stages where you're going to be on one side of the ridge, you're walk up over. There you go. Um, the reason being why we're allowed to do this because the ranch is going back into all harvestable crops. So they're mowing everything. Gotcha. So pretty much the North side, which is left, they, they mowed. You're familiar with range two. That all got mowed last yeah. year and they got stopped because of moisture and they're going to finish up range one. So it allows us to move, move around on the fields, but it gives us more opportunity to shoot different places. So we're never, we're never shoot the same COF ever. That, that's awesome. So for, for people that have never been to Blue Ridge and you keep talking about range one, two, and three, but Blue Ridge, I mean, it's been a couple of years since I've been up there, but last time up there, I was up there, I mean, before they were doing all the mowing, I mean, you're talking about, beautiful rolling hills that you can i mean you can see for miles and miles and miles uh, just a, a, an amazing terrain uh we have seen a ton of wildlife up there which is awesome because it's their natural habitat that we're going to be you know we're going to be sh uh, shooting on so this is like it's like an amazing place if you've never hunted big game in washington before this is like an amazing place to be able to do a hunter match because not only can you do a hunter match there, but if you like the area and you're comfortable with the area and you want to come back, they could also book a hunt with you in, during the hunting season, right? Right. Yeah. And we're, we're, we kind of are waiting to see the numbers have actually improved by going back into the harvest than what we expected uh, with this year, you know, last year when range two was out, you know, it was, you know, there's nothing down there for feed wise, but there was still plenty around the hill. So it wasn't that big this year, those hills are taken out, but there's still plenty of natural terrain, deep draws um, and eyebrows of sagebrush and stuff where they can hide and where targets will be. Uh, the nice part is range three, which is further south down Beckley Road, uh, will still all be 100% natural terrain. Uh, nice. Back up there, what I call range one is the main range where the shoot tower is where we do all the, where everything kind of happens, sign-ins, registrations, uh, banquets, and so on. That will be, uh, the, the north side will be mowed. Uh, the south side is in um, follow ground, so there won't be anything there. They're planted this fall. And, you know, range two is going to be in crops, and we have, when they did it this year, they they heart, they planted it, they planted over the road. So we have no way of getting the range too. So <laughs> it's kind of out, but it's nice. Cause then with range, with range, with the new range three, it's, it's going to be an every other year deal. So it, it actually works out. And, and what's nice about coming back for the hunting aspect of things, coming back into crop rotation, that's what these animals have been used to forever. Right. Uh, when it went into, when they put it into this, CRP, uh, the owner put a, a, a high-end feed crop in, so the animals really spread out. 
but Jason and I brought a lot back in by introducing a supplemental feed program we spoke to with a lot of uh, different ranches from Utah, South Dakota, and pulled them back in, and uh, they're running it again. So there's some good quality uh, animals showing up in the elk herd. Um, Carrie, everyone knows Carrie, my partner in crime, besides Jason. We were up there pulling all the T-posts for mowing, and she counted over 200 head uh, between our property and the neighbors. Wow. And if you look on the Facebook page, those three bulls are right behind the red barn that people all know. <laughs> right. So yeah. hold on. So you so what zone is is the ranch on, or is it just landowner tags that you're you're doing out there? How does all that work? It's the Ritzville 284. It's an over-the-counter tag. It's an anybody over -the -counter. can buy over the counter, over the counter. Anyone can buy it from any state. Um, um, in the season for the, the mule deer season runs the third weekend of uh, second weekend of October for 12 days. Uh, the elk season runs the last weekend of October for two weeks, and it's an over the counter, it's a any elk tag. But the thing is, they've been hanging out, but they're also very nomadic. Um, typically in the past, they were anywhere between spray between Doug's place and our place and down to Washtokna. But, you know, the trail cams have been left up and they've just kind of piled in. So that's one thing I'm possibly, I'm hopefully going to be able to throw something like that for a side match or a prize table for one lucky individual. Dude, that sounds awesome. So speaking of side matches, you've got like three or four different side matches going on. What, tell me about these. Well, the Sage Rat shootout, it was a hit. It was with 22s. Um, and so what it was, they had to shoot 10 targets on time with 10 rounds. And it was, it was pure chaos. It was, it, was a, <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, and I just sat back and I couldn't believe it. Uh, we had one shooter that pretty much sponsored anybody who wanted to go. And you know, it, it took the better part of Saturday up once we were done shooting uh, um, last year. But it's we did it around the shoot tower. Uh, this year, we're going to add a DM target mover uh, nice. to it so people can throw that in there. And maybe we'll be shooting off the top. Maybe you have to shoot some pistol 22 also with it because it was, it was just so much fun. As you well know, the 22 is just a blast. Absolutely. The other thing we're going to run, we're going to run an archery shoot. I'm not sure if I'm going to rig it up as um, like a game of horse or a one shot or three shots. I kind of was leaning towards, you know, kind of like what we're doing with the Interim Hunter. You have a time shoot with three different, at three different targets, at different ranges. And I'm work I'm working with a, I have a buddy that owns an archery shop here in Salem about getting some pretty sweet stuff for that. Nice. And then we have RB cash, whatever is the best. And then we have, we're going to do like a, a pheasant shoot where you're going to be walking down and it'll be, you know, you have to shoot three, three targets in time. You walk up to a certain point, you won't know when it's going to go, and then boom, it'll throw targets. Nice. That's awesome. So for these side matches, are the rifles and bow and stuff going to be provided, or do the competitors <laughs> need to bring their own stuff, or how does that work? I'll, we'll have some 22s on hand, but I know so many people have their own 22s, especially in this area. You know, you can bring your own. The, 
the bow it's kind of bows are kind of more personal because they're right. all different on your length of pull uh i pro i will have uh a matthew genesis but with that being said they just don't have the the power to get out you know if you decide to do a 100 yard shot right um, but if I've, I've talked to some people that have bows and they heard about that they're like oh really i said yeah even when i said i'm just gonna throw a hundred dollars down and whoever gets it gets it you know <laughs> but there you go you know there's there's a lot of uh industry people that i hunt with on the archery side that i've been i've been speaking with and they they have some interest um so it looks it's something just something more because we really want to keep the hunters around the shooters around it's kind of like when we hunt we want you to spend time with us because you know to, to learn from you and and show you what blue ridge is about because we've always based everything we've done off of our hospitality right um, that's that's how i grew up in my outfit was taught when i was young and how we've kept it going how i still when when i do get out and run some hunts that hey a rainy nasty worst day of hunting when you get back to the cabin is forgotten with some really good food so <laughs> we're gonna we're we're gonna have some good food again you know we'll have this you know simple burger and hot dog welcome barbecue but saturday and sunday we're gonna we're gonna tear it up heck yeah that's exciting do you uh, have you figured out or do you know how many stages you guys are gonna run yet a minimum of 16 a max of 18 it depends on where how many uh people we get signed up if you know if we hit that 100 number, uh, we'll go more because it allows us to have a more efficient match. Right. Because if we have to go smaller, then we stack too many people. You know, with, with match flow, you get too many people stacked up and waiting. Right. So, we, you know, it's the 16 to 18 is the number. You know, I have it set right now for 16, uh, but I've also been getting a lot of feedback and People are wanting, hey, we're going to come, we're going to come, we're going to do the, we're going to do the double dip. I, it's cool because I was contacted by some Australians that are coming. They're yeah. going to come, they're going to shoot mine, and then they're going to drive up and shoot mics, and I'm probably just going to let them stay at the ranch so I don't have to get a hotel. Just make it easy because I'm going to be up there. And I'll, I'll be there too, so. Yeah, and staying at the ranch is cool. Usually when, when we head up there, we stay in, what is it, Grandma's house, old house? The K, the K house. <laughs> Grandma's <laughs> house is now mine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotcha. And the arrows are in the basement <laughs> with, the, with the ghosts. Yes. <laughs> Man, Blue Ridge is, is one of those places that, you know, I, we, I've been going up to Blue Ridge minus the past two years for probably a good three or four years and it was absolutely one of the beautiful most beautiful places to be and a ton of fun just because like you said the camaraderie and people hanging out and the food and you know the the games excuse me the games and the shenanigans i mean it's just it's awesome <laughs> oh yeah <it's, laughs> i'll leave those out <laughs> yeah well, we won't talk about those you have to go to blue ridge to experience those yeah it's kind of like the vegas thing yeah right we won't we won't go into carry chasing a blue ford all over the range in the middle of the night <laughs> <laughs> okay so in the, in the past um you guys used to allow dry camping up top of, by range one um are you guys still gonna have dry camping or is that not oh yes to one place because the blind stages no they can't see the stages from range one 
even those stages that will be there. Yeah, it'll be dry camping on range one. Uh, rain, the north side of range one will be open for zero in practice. Uh, there is some limited hookups that down by the house, but not a lot. Um, right. But you know, if you, if you get an idea, if you're at range one, you look south towards range two, you see the plateau uh, up there. That's where we will be shooting off of that plat on the backside of that plateau due east. So you can't really see the shooting positions. Well, you can see the shooting positions, you can't see the staging positions. Gotcha. And there might be a couple stages north side of range one that you cannot see because we're shooting due west. Gotcha. So they're not going to see, they're not going to see them until they walk over the ridge. Nice. Nice. All right. So hunting wise. So you guys have elk, you guys have deer. What's the biggest deer you've gotten off that property? Oh, we have the number two non-typical state record of 213 and five eights. Wow. Uh, it was shot on one of the old pieces. And that's, that, that's a great story. Um, the gentleman that shot it uh, is the regional rep for Sitka. And he drew that. It's a premier tag and he drew it. And that year I had a client, I was driving to the, this, you can't see this place. You have to drive up the road and you drop down into a huge valley. And I always stop at the top. And I had uh, one of the son-in-laws with me and a client who was, who was the shooter was up. You know, usually we get up to that part. I stop, jump out of the truck, throw my spotter up and look. And I get up to the top and I'm like, oh my God. And Michael, the son-in-law goes, that's huge. I'm like, oh yeah, we're gone. So we just took it out of gear, rolled down to the bottom of the hill. And we saw him from about a mile away. But the nice part, which was great, he was in the valley and he was just feeding with some does and the wind's coming right at us, but the road is, is below like it's an old creek bottom. So we're walking up that and I'm, you know, poking up every once in a while. I get the client in 250 yards. Nice. All right. I set the tripod up. I crack it over. Said there, just if you put your gun in that little corner, crease right there between the scope and the neck, you can be lined up perfectly on that buck. It's all right. I get up there and I go, okay, I talk to, I go through some routine with everybody. I say, hey, I have to tell me your name before you can shoot. And he, he had been on another day before, so he's already understood it. And right. he gets there and goes, I can't find the buck. I'm like, it's out in the wide open. I'm saying, he's right there. Look straight down your breast. He goes, I can't see the buck. And I'm like, really? And I go, he's, he's right there. And finally, I go, he's, and I got, I think he, he had to hear me because I was getting a little upset after the fourth or fifth time, but he's right there. And he goes, I still can't see. So we, the buck just kind of drops down and walks there. Like, I know where he's going to go. He's going to cross up in that gap. So we hustled back to the truck, the unload the side by side and went way around. And we got back on it. And the problem that we had, the does were out in front and the wind was quartering to us. And I'm like, you're going to have about a 300 yard shot this time. Right. So, just get ready. Well, he can see the deer the whole time walking. He can't stop, but he can't even talk. And Michael's laughing. I'm like, shut up. And he just, he's not even ready. So they, the does went and buzzed off says, we have one more chance before he crosses the property line. So we get up on him and he's about four, this little 400 yards. And the guy's finally relaxed. And I go, tell you what, he doesn't have turrets. I'm like, 
here's what I want you to do. Little 400, shoot seven mag. I want you to put the horizontal crosshair on his back and the vertical one split, split his front legs. I said, okay, gotcha. I said, I said okay, how you ready? So I'm ready. Tell me your name. Da, da, da. Touches it off. And the buck jumps and kicks. I'm like, sweet, he's down. I'm just in heaven. Right. And I sit there and I look. And I, can, I can watch him go around this whole eyebrow that has hardly endurance. I can see his whole track. And I got to tell you what, you guys stay here. I'm going to go around and get blood and get a good idea. Get down there, no blood. Walk around the hill, no blood. I'm walking right in his tracks, no blood, no blood. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what's going on? And I get back and Michael's got this big grin on his face. And the guy scoped himself and, he, and Mike goes, hey, why don't you ask him where he held? And I'm like, what? Ask him where he held. <laughs> and I go, um, so where'd you hold? Oh, I held dead on at the heart. I'm like, oh, jeez. So I said, let's get back to the rig. You're shooting the first legal buck that we see. <laughs> <laughs> we go back and we're dropping back down to where the truck is. And here's a fourth four by three looking at us at 200 yards. I'm like, see that deer? Shoot it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it's hard to say because it's, I've been in that situation, archery hunting, and my friends still laugh at me to this day because I get so worked up. But three times. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bit much. That's well, you can see that that bull, I mean, that elk was in Hunting, hunting Full and Muley Crazy article. And that was in 2012. Wow. It was just huge. I mean, you know, there's, there's some big deer. We had deer on camera because the way we set our feeders up, they were 30 inches wide. We had deer that could not get it. You know, they were 30 plus inches wide. It's, it's good ground. There's a lot of good animals. It just takes some time when people come out there and they say, there's no trees. Where do they hide? I'm like, they're right there in front of you. you know, what do you mean? It says, trust me, they're right there. You just have to sit and wait. And my typical strategy is I, I would go out in the mornings. I'd get up high and put them down and go after them in the afternoon. And it wasn't until four years ago that I actually killed a deer in the morning. Huh. It, was a, it was the craziest thing. Rolling out with some new clients and had a father and a, a son and a nephew and we're heading to range too and we get to the top on south allen road and i look out to the left like well there's two bucks they're not huge let's get a look at them and this is going to be on this is going to be the the two of these stages around the cof as we walk out i'm looking at them and all of a sudden one of the boys goes hey hey sean there's deer coming up the draw I'm like, i look over there i'm like and this was a herd of bucks i've been watching they had several nice bucks i'm like oh boys get down and so i had them all lined up and we were still in the shade so the wind was coming to us but if you got out in the sun the wind was blowing to them right they kept coming they got to about 200 yards i said okay each of you pick a buck from right to right to left on the count of three one two three boom three went down 7 30 in the morning called jason i'm done he goes you're lying I says, get the truck get over here <laughs> he pulls up and <laughs> I go, I don't ask. It was, that group had been on trail cams all summer long wow. uh, at certain feeders and just happened to catch them. You know, I think, you know, I know that's why I love the outfitting guiding. You know, it's, it's just like the shooting community. It's the camaraderie, sharing the outdoor experience with another person to, you know, get those experiences built up in relationships. You know, and I've been very fortunate. I've been on 
I've guided three generations on five different times and, and each one of them have punched their tag. Wow. That's awesome. So it's, it's pretty neat. And then to watch, you know, watch my boys and then I have two older boys and then something happened. I got a younger boy and a younger daughter <laughs> and then out to watch them. It's, it's, I love it. Cause I remember that's, that was our family reunion down in Klingon, uh, in Wyoming and in, in down the Hickoria. Um, that's what we did growing up. Um, so that's what we do now. And people always ask, well, what do you do? I mean, I tried regular jobs. I can do it, but it just doesn't get there. Yeah. It's not meant for everybody, right? Some people are, are born for a specific job, right? Like, yep. I, like, I remember when I was younger, I did the whole corporate thing and I worked for some big companies and had some stupid, you know, some crazy titles, whatever but I hated working for corporate America. I hated having a boss. And <laughs> now I became my own boss thinking that that would be the best thing in the world. But then you come to realize you're actually not even the boss anymore. Everybody else is the boss. Cause you have to make sure that you're meeting everyone else's expectations. Right. Yeah, it's right. the hardest <laughs> job you ever have because and especially in the outdoor industry, you're trying to, well, you're, you're trying to manage, a wild animal well you cannot control the best advice i was given was just you only can control what you can control i can remember so many times you know didn't bother me i didn't get, I didn't get all worked up during sturgeon season up on the lower climate during buoy 10 season salmon season i would puke before every trip <laughs> being so <laughs> nervous and worked up am i gonna do good and you know it's, it just just being a basket of nerves after doing it for even 10 years um it's funny but you know it's the same, you know, we, for every year, our first big match, you know, I'll be You're a right. bundle of nerves. Kronk goes, why don't you start drinking? And I says, no, because I won't stop. And then once we get it going and everyone comes around, it's just like, oh, crap, this is why we do it. It's fun. It's great. We're up till two in the morning, but, you know, it's only for a five, six day spell <laughs> and we're off and rolling. You know, it's building those relationships, meeting new people. I mean, it's bummed I couldn't get down the shot in SCI because, they said I had to do another rebuild on my shoulder, but hey, that's yeah. life. Health first, man. Health first. There'll always be another shot in SCI. So. Oh yeah, it's just the all the stuff your mom said you're going to pay for when you're older, and what Uncle Sam does to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, sir. So, <clears throat> with somebody with with as much experience as you as a guide, the evolution of hunting from my limited exposure, even from, from, you know, just a few years ago to today has drastically changed. Have you seen more hunters coming out with, you know, adjustable turrets and more like modern rifles, or are you still seeing a lot of the traditional uh, you know, second focal plane duplex reticle type things. And I mean, what, what, what do you see as a guide taking place now? Oh, everything. Uh, I, there was a big push, I'd say seven, nine years ago for everyone to go to a, a modern sporting rifle or what, what people want to call an AR platform. Uh, right. what, I, what I've seen the most change is technology across the board. Uh, having experience repairing CNC machines and being 
a lot of shops and several of our sponsors shops. <laughs> I won't say their names. Um, it's it, the playing field really starts to get more level where the average person can go buy, let's say a Remington, which we all know. And it has some incredible capabilities. And then you go over to the ammo side. My father did a lot of R&D for Bitterroot Bullet Company, Nosler, and Swift. And I was, I was young and didn't pay any attention back in the day. All I know is dad loaded me this, and this is what I want. This didn't work. But to see it come now to how bullets hold together, how they, you know, their, their ballistics are ridiculous, and how you can really extend the range, of, the effective range of a rifle. I mean, I had a client, never shot a mule ear before. Uh, not too much around rifles. And I said, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to my favorite spot called the Serengeti. So named for that one reason, because there's just that many damn deer. And we're going to sit there, we're going to find a deer you like, and then we're going to talk about it all morning long. And then we're going to shoot him probably about two or three o'clock. Is what? Said, yeah. So we looked over several deer and he had a 280 Remington, which happens to be my, my hunting rifle of choice that my father built for me. Um, I said, this is what we're going to do. I mean, I, I, Back then, I didn't have all the Kestrel and stuff, but I've been pretty lucky with shooting as much as I have to have a good basic knowledge where I can get it done, especially on a deer-sized target within 300 yards. And I said, let's just get in the target. You're in here, we're, we're dialing in, and you know, where do you think we should hold? The deer was bedded, and it's better on a side hill, so it's not a perfectly broadside shot. So, And he smoked it in one round. It didn't get off the ground, and he was shooting – uh, at the time, he was just shooting uh, Acubons, uh, Nosler Acubons. Right. And then they came out. Then you see all these companies come up with more long-range bullets. And I just watched. You know, I've seen some that their uh, terminality, I guess, is the best term. How they take care of the animal are great. Some that are a little aren't so great. But I've had, you know, just that and just the simple thing with you can go buy factory ammo that is ridiculous that is as good as a lot of people can load themselves and it helps i mean he, the, what i like to tell people i say you know what they go why do you spend so much money Sean? i said you know if i was hunting every day which I, which i would love to i wouldn't spend that much money because i knew i know what i could get away with but since we actually only spend if we're lucky um let's say for a you know, total of 14 days in the woods we already have enough enough against us as humans or whatever going against an animal that has far better you know senses out in their environment i don't want my equipment to be the reason why i don't get an animal right absolutely and, and so you know that's the first thing people ask me says well what why do you have that I says well i use this round and this because this is what i know works you know I've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to try a lot of different things. Like I said, I have, I have friends in this industry and, and I, I saw one in Puyallup that knew my father that I've known for 30 plus years. And so it's that right there. It, it kind of, I got a kind of a, I wouldn't want to say an unfair advantage. I just, if I need something, I have a, you can, I can pick up a phone and boom, I, I get an idea or who to talk to. So that kind of spoiled me in when it came to the hunting side and then when it come to the shooting side, you know, well, Sean, you don't shoot that much as well. You know, 
you ever since you've known me you've seen me in the sling most often than not <laughs> and i go i i just it's right now it's hard to shoot but you know i love to shoot i mean i do shoot a lot and i'll probably shoot some matches this year um but i rather I, i'm really focused my daughter really is just all jacked up about and now my boys are but I, you know, I want, I, I prefer, I like to put on a good quality match. I like to do a quality hunting trip that people are going to remember and want to come back. I mean, for me to go out and shoot, I mean, I know I'll never be able to shoot like I used to. That's just the way, the way it goes, but I don't really care. I like seeing the faces on people. They come out and they have a good time. They love the place. I can go see them at another match or down in Vegas or wherever. That's what drives me. No, our, the, our community is is absolutely outstanding. The the NRO hunter community, the hunting community as a whole, um, they're just you know just really cool, great people out there. And you said something about you know spending a lot of money and things of that nature. Um, you know, as hunters, I think it's our responsibility to be the best that we can be in order to harvest that animal as ethically and humane and as fast as possible. So, you know, the Kestrels and the, you know, the, the better optics, whatever, do you have to have all that stuff? No, but if you're going to be a hunter and somebody who really wants to go after, you know, ex, you know, go hunting once, twice, three times a year and, and be an active hunter, you know, buy the best that you can, whatever the best is that you can afford, that's what you should be doing. And, and if you're not sure about this or that, find somebody who has it, borrow it, or ask, you know, ask questions on the forums and find out what, what works the best. And the kind of the cool part about NRO Hunter is, you know, the NRO, the National Rifle League had a two-day race gun type series where it was all custom built, you know, precision rifles using, you know, the best of the best of everything and crazy money, right? And now a lot of that gear is being used in hunting scenarios, not only in the NRL hunter competitions, but in real world hunting scenarios, <clears throat> which I think is great because it's showing how the sport of, of precision rifle has evolved overall. Well, it's, it's kind of like with any kind of sport uh, out there, uh, the forget the progression of it benefits everything downhill or down yes. the river. And, you know, not saying that you can't go out there and buy a, you know, a how a precision or something, you know, that benefit by all the products getting better most of the companies, as you well know, they just, they keep that same product line and they open up a new SKU with advanced. So, you know, a lot of the optics that are people consider their mid, mid high that aren't that expensive that some people just kind of scoff at are actually pretty good for the average hunter. Even that, even someone, it, 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 it'll blow your mind. I finally chucked a pair of old, oh gosh, Bushnell, small little ones i loved them for bow hunt because they're tiny and i was throwing them up with uh, my daughter's diamondbacks and i was like wow you know they're not that bad and you know it also depends on where you're hunting you know when we uh when we're up at the range 
I'm, I'll walk around with the biggest spotter because I, I don't carry a firearm. I don't carry a pistol every once in a while, but I have the spotter on my tripod because I'm looking for something really tiny in that tall grass. It may be an antler tip that glistens. Right. When, when we bow hunt, it's a total different, uh, different setup. And we spent, I think I spent 21 days last year, but I got lucky. Harvest was harvest was over quick because of the drought, but you know, then we're a total different setup. We're ultralight. We get up high and glass and then we off we go. And you know, we I have some I have expensive gear because I've done it enough that I'm not gonna waste my time. But but you said something that's I think incredibly important. You know, your bushnells when you put them up next to your your razors or whatever it was. A lot of people can't tell visually the difference between glass. Oh, like, no. yeah, it's hard. You know, the average person, I've spent probably, I don't, I, I don't know what the number is, but I spent hundreds of maybe thousands of hours behind glass from matches and ROing and setting up and breaking down and, and then hunting recently. Um, and even, even still now, and I just got basic eye surgery, so eyes are you know as good as they can get um when i look through different glasses you know through different binos or spotters some of them are really hard to tell the difference some of them are super obvious the ones that that are going to be more expensive so if i look through a, a pair of really expensive binos during the day and i look at something that is mid-priced to me, there's not a lot of difference. When I look through the same pair of binos at dusk, that's where you start to see the difference. But a lot of people don't know how to hunt in dusk. No, no, it's, oh. you know, yeah. that's, that's a whole, you're exactly right. I got to clarify some so Nick doesn't choke me out. Diamondbacks, <laughs> diamondback <laughs> binos. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> And you're totally right. In, in like you said, being in glass because I RO a lot, I see the difference in the di in the quality of glass. Uh, how well I can find trace? I, do I have to really fuzz it out to find trace and pick right. up that sprawl down range? And that's where it's at. In low light, we you know we're out there before dark and we're bow hunting, you know, trying to get an idea where they're moving, what the elk are, and then we're uh, back out, you know. If we put them to bed that night, uh, it's it isn't. I don't think they realize. And Pete, you know, one one thing I learned um, is you look for the edge, and then clarity, just just clarity from the center of the glass to the edge. And I kind of learned about this uh, when I was playing with working with high tech, and then I was still an associate uh, with Mashmits with Leopold. And when they grind lenses, you know, the quality how it works out and, but the clarity and the coatings you, you can notice but it's what you say in the middle of the day it's tough um you have to it's, it's just the little things but being fortunate like you and i are we're in we're in them so much and i know i mean i, I can remember when i when i got the biggest wake up um i forget the spotting scope i had and a client client goes hey just borrow mine i was guiding up at Imnahop in the northeast corner he gave me his swirls and i was the Imnaha is straight up and down when i could really fly up and down hills and i'm sitting at the house i'm looking all 
probably three quarters mile plus up the hill and there's just some two nice bucks and it was night and day uh from what i had and you know it's when i'm when i'm guiding i have to have the best that i can afford that's what's i'm i'm expected to put out my best as a match right. director it's the same thing right but then i can relate that to it's like okay you're gonna go hunting uh most of the time more often than not you're gonna have that first light last light most of the time it's last light um that's gonna cost you we had and what sucks you know with bow hunting <laughs> we have have been able to take a lot of animals especially bulls because of last light but right. that's where it that's that you know we all call it that magic hour and i watch it i watch it at the range every time i'm down there setting up i'll stay up till dusk carrying out chase sunsets and then we get on a ridge top and you know, the last time we we're up there pulling t-posts we're ripping t-posts and actually we're setting up you know doing the cof for the for down on range three and we looked back north over to range two range one and she goes since when has there been trees on that hill i'm like there's no damn trees on that hill we pull up our binos and like oh those are elk so we race on the quads back to range one and there's elk all over the place but in, in that's just what it does that low light and we pull out the spotter and it just okay we're, we're taking photos at low light and we're getting good clear images with the cell phone so if you relate to that so if you, if you need to have that in your rifle scope i mean the your you know your three four hundred dollar rifle scopes might not have that ability but that's all in size of what they're i don't you know they say objective lens i was taught what's in the guts where the lenses and stuff are yeah um but you know it's you know like we've said earlier Buy what you can afford, but buy the best, you know, yeah. and get out and do it. And, and, and people ask me, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to someone at the sportsman show in, in Rosewood this weekend. He goes, yeah, I, I'm going to draw Mount Emily. I got 19, 19 points. I'm like, well, that's how many I took muses. So if you draw it, give me a call. Uh, I'll send you the map. Because what? says, I don't care. Just, you know, I'm not going to hunt it. You know, I can, I'll show you where the spots where we were uh, that year I drew that, that, premium tag three years ago we spent 37 days you know prior a few days prior to all the season hunting i got really lucky and shot my bull the first friday of the season you know he had to walk through camp twice in the middle of the night and we finally got him but you know this it's how i learned i mean even when i was you know outfit if it's on prior probably doesn't matter when i hunt you know i rather have see someone if, if i can't get it if I'm not hunting, say, hey, there's there's a good animal down there, a good deer or a good bull, go get him to see someone else be successful. And I think that year when I got mine, we helped a couple other people pack their bulls out. That's awesome. I mean, one guy shot, one guy shot the my bull, two came in. I, I didn't see the second one until after I shot mine. And he was a nice little, he was a smaller, perfectly symmetric, ivory tip, six point. And a guy shot at 300 yards. His died 300 yards from my gut pot. And that was that was awesome because his dad was there and his brother. And so we helped pack my buddy and I. There was an archery shop here in town. We packed them out and made it. Now I got another hunting partner. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to have to come out and, and, and hunt with you. I know you've asked me in the past to come out, and I'm always yep. busy. But now with the NRL Hunter schedule ending during hunting season, I'm going to have to come out and buggy some weekends oh yeah we got i mean the coyotes are good the deer the elk so it's all all over the counter um 
you can put it for premium draws, but you know, that way you're not, you're not tied in. You know, it's, it's funny because last year Scott and James were hunting the same unit I was. And I go, where are you at? He goes, I'm on this ridge. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I know where you're at. <laughs> and uh, James ended up scoring a real nice bull during rifle season. It was there. We ran into a lot of bulls last year um, there in Ukiah and Starkey. Uh, my son just couldn't quite close the deal and on it, but that's, that's fine. You know, it was good getting out there. And one of the, one of my sponsors that'll be for this, uh, for the NRL hunters called rugged maps. And they make the best waterproof, damn near indestructible map of all the Western States GMUs. Oh, uh, that's cool. And, um, oh, she was topographical maps. And I'm also working, trying to get one more good sponsor, uh, that we, that I, we work with, with uh, rugged maps to come on board if they do then the cof can be all on your phone interesting very cool very very cool so just i mean out of curiosity you, you talked a lot about hunting with a bow and hunting with a rifle which one do you prefer just curiosity because i hate the rain a bow and <laughs> <laughs> the east side you know i'll hunt i'll fish in the rain i'll hunt waterfowl in the rain uh, we get a month long here in Oregon to hunt with a bow, and then we can slip next door when the rut release starts heating up in Idaho for a couple more weeks. Um, Washington's system is a little different than ours, but they have a really good late primitive primitive arm season. So pretty much, you know, through December, I can hunt whitetail um, east east of the ranch over on some other property, but. There's, there's bountiful hunting opportunities, and I would say if anyone's interested to get into them, why you can't, because who knows what's going to happen. This, you know, I know Washington's just having a battle with some of the crazy stuff they're trying to propose. But right. There's some good hunting western state-wise. Um, like, my favorite is the archery hunt. Uh, I like the warm weather. I, it's, it's a month long. Uh, my boys come out. If I'm lucky, I can drag the whole pack out. I have a lot of friends that we run into on the hills. Um, you know, it's it's a lot harder to hunt, granted, but we see a lot more animals. Um, last year, we were, at, we were in bulls on this one bull and his herd, and they were coming right into us. Next thing we know, I hear the, a damn bear chomping, and there he comes oh, walking right across in front. I was like, really? <laughs> we finally got him separated from the people. He was walking right to us. And, but that's cool. You don't, you don't see that, you know, you know, having a bear, you know, 20, 25 yards, not even having a clue you're there. He's, he's, he's chomping at the elk because they're coming to a little, a little spring or wallow right there. You know, that's, that's the kind of, you know, things, you know, you don't get, I'm trying, hopefully, you know, my oldest boy, Hunter, yeah. from Hoffbrower two years ago, <laughs> three years ago, and he, he's finally catching on. It's, it's not about the killing. You know, it's about what we're doing. So it's those opportunities, you know, because growing up with those opportunities and people I've met in the industry, um, it's they're the best things. They're 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 better than gold. You know, you know, it's something I'll never, I never will lose unless, well, like everyone says, I'm losing my mind. My kids do. <laughs> we all know you're losing your mind. Oh yeah, that's bad. Too many hits to the head. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're almost at that at that time for the show. What uh, 
what piece of last advice or 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 verbiage do you want to tell our listeners about your match or or whatnot? They can obviously everybody. It, it's the Blue Ridge Big Five, uh, May 27th through 29th, and you can check it out on nrlhunter.org. That's the obvious. But what else do you want to say? Or... This is gonna be a fun match. You know, I I really want to emphasize on fun. I mean, I've it was crazy. Jason and I were talking the other day. It's seven years we've been doing this. And I've seen, you know, the fun come and go, but hunting is supposed to be enjoyable. I mean, yeah, we love to ring steel. We love to harvest an animal, but we have to look at what we're in. We're in a flip. We're going to be in a gorgeous place in the Channel Scablands in Eastern Washington along the Palouse. We can see Idaho. You know, it's going to be, it, it looks flat, but it's not. We're going to be around a bunch of people that love to hunt, love to shoot. Have fun with it. Who cares what your score is at the end of the day? Yep. You know, come on out, have fun, get together, talk to people, shoot the bull, the bull. And, you know, I've, I've talked to some new shooters that, you know, to say, this is going to be a fun match, you know, maybe your first match ever, but come on out because we have a very gracious community. People are going to help you. And I'm going to go out, you know, that's one thing I'm going to bring up. I love to see it go out of way. Cause we've, you know, as a group up in this neck of the woods, you know, we've seen kind of a decline, but it's, and I understand, you know, components and stuff, but there's a lot of people that I run into at these shows. I'm like, why aren't you shooting all oh, this, that, but I think, you know, get back to having fun. You know, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say, forget about scores, but I had the best example last year. I taught, went and shot the T town tack, which is basically my backyard. And I was screwing around the whole time and go shoot first. It wasn't a lot of wind, but you know, I said, they go, why aren't you taking it serious? Like, why, why would I want to take it serious when I can joke around with you guys? You want to be serious. So there were like 65, 64 people. Um, Matt, Matt and Russ Sean, you got 17th. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So then I didn't get 17th. I zeroed the stage. The last stage I zeroed out because some weird piece of farm implement I've never seen. So I said, I'll try this crazy position. I flat, I was rolling. Says, Don't shoot that way, boys. And sure enough, I pulled 17th. And he goes, if you weren't screwing around, I, says, I wasn't screwing around. What, where would the fun be? I mean, I wasn't being dangerous. I'm like, they asked, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do this. Just go out. And I want to see that back. But yeah, I still want it to be serious. But, you know, have fun. Who cares about scores? Because if you're having fun, and you're shooting good, having a good time, those scores are going to happen. You take the pressure off. It's like, it goes back to when I guide clients. You have to tell me your name without hyperventilating, and we have a conversation. And guess what? 95 plus percent have had impacts yep. on animals. It all and, only lo- and I only lost one. <laughs> that's awesome. So That's awesome. Well, it's, uh, it is that time. Sean, man, I appreciate you hanging out today and jumping on the podcast with us. To our listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed. You need to go check out his match. Again, the Blue Ridge Big Five, May 27th through 29th on nrlhunter.org. Until next time, you guys, you guys keep being safe, have fun, and we'll see you all at a match. Take care.